I once had a bag full of fear. Our church family had written out their fears on three by five cards. I loaded them into a bag and took them over to a high dive at one of the local high schools. Now I'm a pretty good swimmer, but I'm afraid of heights and being on the edge of that board. Is that water down there or is that concrete? And in a sense, we were all on that board together. Instead of fearing everything and running, we were facing our fears and rising. And we all took that jump together. We are stronger when we are together. Fear is contagious, but so is faith. And that's why I'm so glad you're here with us today. Because when we rub shoulders with people of faith, we are stronger when we are together. Welcome to Living Courageously.
declare it with us. Amen. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Even in the midst of a pandemic, we have so much to be grateful for. We have a good shepherd who leads us and loves us and guides us. He restores us. He's with us even through difficult times. He gives us victory. When our cups are empty, he fills them up to overflowing and he makes sure that goodness and mercy chases after us every day of our life. Well, he also hears us when we pray. And right now we want to pray for all of those who are involved in education, the administrators, parents, teachers, uh, students, all of them have been greatly impacted by the coronavirus. And I've asked to uh, with me today to represent the field of education, two very special people. We have a school that we host, a public charter school right here on campus called University Preparatory Academy. And here is a student, the most recent graduate of UPA. Uh, this is Adana, and she's going on to MIT. Way to go. That's awesome. And then I've got my great friend, James Romero. He's the chairman of the board at the school. The school's been ranked in the top 10 in the state of California and is in the top 125 nationally. And so James and his team have just done an amazing job. Now, James is also a senior manager over at Amazon and a member of our church family. And, and James, would you lead us in prayer for our educational system? Sure, Pastor. Lord, we come to, together today, and Father, we pray. Father, we pray for the education system. We pray for this moment in time where a lot of big decisions need to be made. I pray, Lord God, over the leadership, over the educators, over the state, over the Santa Clara County Board of Education, over the, the administrations of the schools here, that, Father, in the name of Jesus, that we would find, Lord God, a way to to come together and make those decisions that are right, right for the school, right for the community, right for the teachers, and that it would be safe, Lord God, that you would give wisdom to understand the data and to make the right choices that are needed, and that the students, Lord God, would understand how valuable the education is that puts tools in their, in their toolbox to navigate and to do the things that they were created to do and that the parents would have patience and be able to assimilate the information and be able to help their children with patience to learn those things that they need to do. So, Father, again, we ask in your name 
that you would help us all, Lord God, during this time to lift this nation, lift this place up to you, that it will be blessed for your kingdom and for the community in whole. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, James. I, I hope you all continue to, to pray for our educational system. Um, and if you need prayer, you need specific prayer, I encourage you to call us you know, or, so, or reach out to us through social media. We want you to know that even though you're sheltering in place, you're never alone. And we are truly better when we are together. If you'd like more information about UPA, you can contact them on their website. That's University Preparatory Academy. Now here's Jessica Johnson singing the breakup song. Sick and tired being sick and tired Had as much of you as I can take I'm so done, so over being afraid I've gone through the motions, I've been back and forth I know that you're thinking you've heard this before I don't know how to say it so I'm just gonna say it, yeah. you don't saw coming something had to give so I
Tap into the well of water. Your well-being has everything to do with water. You may know that water is in 70% of the body, but did you know that water is in 100% of everything the body does? It helps the heart beat better, the brain think clearer, your lungs to breathe easier. It gets nutrients out of the stomach faster, makes your skin look softer, it makes your muscles flex harder. It regulates body temperature, relieves pressure in joints, it releases waste and releases fat. You name it and water is in it. Unfortunately, when you lose more water than you get, well-being turns into being ill. In John 4.13, Jesus talks about proper hydration, meeting a woman in the well to prove the transforming power of life-giving water. He offers water that can become in you a well that springs up to live your best life. All you need to do is see it, believe it, and drink it in. This is Cathedral Strong on the Minute. One of the most respected leaders in technology in the Bay Area is Pat Gelsinger. He went to both Santa Clara and Stanford University. He worked for Intel for over 30 years. He was their first chief technology officer. He now is the CEO of VMware. And since he has been there, they've doubled in size over over 30,000 employees. One person told me that he is the number one Christian technologist in the world. In other words, he's a true rock star, and I'm so grateful to call him friend. Joining us now is Pat Gelsinger. Pat, thanks so much for being here. Uh, Kenny, anytime I get a chance to chat with you and the Cathedral family, I am in. Pat, in the current economic environment, what's the most important quality you think for employers and employees to have right now? Yeah, well, as I think about, you know, I call it my leadership L's, five L's for leaders, right? Leaders need to lift their organization. And trust me, in this environment, you know, I need to be encouraged so I can be an encouragement. Mm -hmm. You know, listen, right? You know, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care, right? Link, right? You know, bring people together in this environment, building learning organizations. But maybe the last L is love. Right? And as a leader, just that people know you love them, you lo love their communities, you love the companies that you're in. And that empathy in this period of time just speaks so deeply to people's needs. I just want to know that I'm following leaders that have a path to the future and want to bring me along. You had mentioned that one of the most important things you can offer to a coworker is to say, can, how can I pray for you? Why, why do you think that's so important and maybe even more so right now? You know, so here you are, you're in the workplace and you're, you know, I'm not asking you to, to believe like I do, but I'm asking you, may I entreat my God in your most pressing need? You know, and I've said this to thousands of people over the years, Ken, and never once, and I know lots of them are atheists of other faiths, never once has somebody says, you may not entreat God on my most urgent need, right? You know, it's like, wow, who wouldn't say yes to that? And then you come back a week or two later and you say, you know, how is your mother? You know, how is that sick child, right? I mean, you are showing at the moment of greatest need, right? You know, that you want to be there with them and join with them in that journey. And I'll just say the doors that open, right, for ministry and opportunity. He says, I want to meet you where your need is. And isn't that what Christ did for us? 
Yeah. Right? He just says, hey, I'm not asking you to get good or get clean. I just want to come down to you and meet you at your greatest need. And when you say, may I pray for you, that's exactly what you're saying to that person. Finally, Pat, let me ask you, are there any other words of encouragement you would share for those in the Bay Area? Well, you know, I just say, you know, first to you, Ken, and what the Cathedral family is doing, you're meeting needs of people, the food programs that you're running, the school programs. Man, I am just awed by what you all are doing there. And, you know, I just say, if there's any way I can be of help, you know, sign me up, right? You know, I just love it. You know, and second would be, you know, our God was on the throne, right, through the bubonic plague. He was on the, pl the throne through the Spanish flu, right? You know, he is on the throne and he is doing a mighty work, even though we don't see it or understand it today. You know, we're sort of fighting through what this new normal looks like, but there will be new opportunities. And I do believe that the church now, right, you know, as we come online, hmm, church can be bigger than ever before, right? We right. can reach people that we never could before, right? You know, that we have to look at this and say, what is the new opportunities that we have that God is going to take us through in this period of time that we would have never done otherwise, but we're going to be able to reach people, bring the name of Jesus Christ to them in ways never possible before covid and we're going to embrace this period of time as hard and challenging as it is, right, to see his name glorified. Thanks so much for your time, Pat. Stay safe, stay strong, and please give my love to the family. Each week we've been giving you an update on the massive need for those who are food insecure in our area and how reaching out has been scaling up and stepping up to meet that need. Not only here on campus, we've also been taking groceries to local businesses whose workers have been severely impacted at this time. Take a look at what's been happening. Such a wonderful feeling um, to see the people's faces that when we hand them the food, just knowing that we are doing God's work today, I, I, I'm overwhelmed with joy. It's, it's like I get up in the morning and I just can't wait to get there to go ahead and see everybody's faces and help greet. It's just wonderful. Thank you so much for reaching this out, reaching us out and giving this food for the employees. Thank you. Thanks so much to those who have been helping us deliver groceries to businesses in our area. If you'd like to donate time or you'd like to make a financial contribution, you can do so by going to reachingout.us. Another way you can support Reaching Out is when you go to Amazon or iTunes and download the song that I wrote with our worship pastor called I Am Courageous. Every penny from that song goes directly to Reaching Out. However you can help us, we really appreciate it at this time. Well, now Cedric and Irvin are coming to sing Solid Rock.
On Christ, the solid rock we stand. What a sure foundation we have. And that's why we can be strong and courageous. Lots of virtual hugs coming your direction. Sure can't wait to be together. Just believing for God's blessing on you. Thank you for sending us your prayer request as we've been praying with you. And thanks also for sending your praise reports. I've had people ask me, Pastor Wayne, when do you think Cathedral is going to reopen? Let me clarify something. We never closed. We might regather, which we're looking forward to, but the love of God has just been flowing through here in mighty ways, giving out food, declaring the word of the Lord. I hope you're catching the messages each weekend as well as the special messages each week that Pastor Ken brings. Thanks to our COF youth group. They're sending out great teachings for our youth that they can participate in. And thanks to our COF kids. They're putting out lessons for all the age groups every week so you can follow along. I trust that your kids are learning and growing during this time. Speaking of COF kids, I want to share with you a great opportunity that's coming up. Our Kids with Courage are having a talent show. And what we invite you to do is take out your camera, video your kid doing their talent, whatever that might be. We want a video of about 30 to 60 seconds of your kids having fun and using their talent. And when they send that talent into us, at cofkids at cathedraloffaith.org. They will get one of these amazing t-shirts with our theme for the year, Be Strong and Courageous. So parents, grab your cameras. Let's help our kids celebrate their gifts and send those to us. Well, how fun. And what we'd also like to do in this moment is talk about celebrating our graduates. They have many that are graduating from high school and from college, and we want to honor them in the upcoming weeks. So I want to invite you, if you have a graduate in your home, or if you're graduating yourself, please send us an email at info at cathedraloffaith.org and include the graduate's name, the school they're graduating from, and if they're getting a degree, the title of the degree that they're receiving. We look forward to honoring them in the weeks to come. Well, we've talked about honoring our kids We've talked about honoring our graduates. Now comes the moment where we honor God. In this moment of bringing our gifts to the Lord, it's when we recognize that he's the source of all things. You'll see at the bottom of the screen, the number to text give to. So you can be part of this moment to say, God, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for all the ways you've worked in me. And in this way, we honor the Lord. In fact, there's a passage of scripture in Proverbs chapter three, verse nine, that reads like this. Honor the Lord by making him an offering from the best of all that you have. As we bring our gifts in this moment, we honor the Lord. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for letting the love continue to be lived out through your giving. Let's pray. Father, thank you for each household right now. As we honor you by bringing these gifts, we release from our hands what you've given to us so that we can receive what you have for us. Bless each household with favor, with goodness, with mercy, with grace, with all the blessings they need for this season. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.
So I put on my mask and I went to the store. Uh, some stores have opened up an hour early for older folks. Now I'm 60 and I really appreciate that, but I'd trade that hour if I could be 40 again. I headed to the store. I didn't get up early enough to make that hour opening, but I did get to the store and I went over to the toothpaste aisle and wow, have you been to the toothpaste aisle lately? I mean, there's not just one shelf, but there's many shelves and there's not just one brand, there's many brands. And even within the same brand, there's so many choices. I mean, here's one that says mint. Well, that sounds good to me. I'd rather have mint breath than bad breath. And here's one that says sensitive. And that sounds good to me too, because I want my teeth to be in touch with their feelings. And then there's one that says whitening and my smile needs all the help it can get. So I'll get this one, but this one says advanced whitening. So advanced whitening has to be better than whitening. With all of these choices, it can be so confusing. I mean, you're buying toothpaste, you're not buying a new car. And yet still you feel paralyzed and you end up leaving this store with no toothpaste or with too much toothpaste. Decisions, decisions, decisions. All of us face decisions. The average person makes 70 decisions a day. And over the course of a year, they make 25,000 decisions a year. No wonder your brain hurts so much. And all of these decisions with all of these options, they can just leave a person overwhelmed. There's a psychotherapist who works primarily with the millennial generation. And she says, there's so much pressure with all of these options. The thing she hears most often is this. They say, I have too many choices and I cannot decide what to do. What if I make the wrong choice? What if I make the wrong choice? Especially when it comes to the big decisions. You know, what, what career should I go into? Or should I marry the person that I've been dating? How should I raise my kids? What's the best way to manage my money? Right now in the South Bay, we're working with the county to try to come up with protocols on when and how communities of faith can start to regather. It's complicated. In a complicated world, how do we make good decisions? Once again, Psalm 23 holds a key. It's a Psalm that's not only good for dying, it's also good for living. Psalm 23 reads this way. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness. Another translation says, he leads me down the right path for his name's sake. In another place, the psalmist writes this. God says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. What an amazing promise we are given 
that the God of the universe would be our guide. When that promise takes hold of your heart, you really do start to stress less. I saw this picture of a sheep that's wearing glasses. Now, I don't know if in their healthcare plan, if they have access to eye care, but sheep could, sure could need glasses because they have very bad eyesight. They can only see 10 or 15 yards in front of them and every path looks kind of the same to them. That's why they need the eyes of the shepherd. With the shepherd's eyes, he sees more than they see. He knows more than they know and he can guide them, guide them to the place where there's greener pastures. And that's why we need the shepherd. Like those sheep, we're limited. We can only see so much. We can only know so much, but God sees more than we see. God knows more than we know. And we allow him to be our guide. He can get us to those greener pastures. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, it was my dad's favorite passage. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Our God as our guide. There were people in the Bible, in the Old Testament, who once experienced God as their guide. God was guiding them to the promised land and he would lead them with a cloud by day and a fire by night. But there came a point where it looked like they were all fenced in. The sea was in front of them and the enemy was behind them. There was no way forward, no way back, no way out. But when there seems to be no way, God can make a way. And the Bible says this about that moment. Your road led through the sea, your pathway through the mighty waters. And look at this, a pathway no one knew was there. God sees more than we see. He knows more than we know. And when there seems to be no way, he can make a way, a pathway no one knows is there. And when you have God leading you as your guide, there is just more peace and joy on the journey. My wife and I once had the chance to go to Italy and we had a wonderful time. We love the country. But if you've ever driven in any of the cities like Florence or Rome or Naples, I mean, driving in those cities is like driving in the Bay Area on steroids. The scooters, they have their own rules and the lanes are just suggestions and everybody's honking and screaming. And if you don't know the city and you don't know the language, even with a map, if you're trying to make your way around those cities, well, your blood pressure can just go through the roof. But on this one day, we had a guide. What a difference a guide makes. Because <laughs> a guide is even better than a map. If you run into a detour, he knows where to go. What joy and peace there is on the journey with a guide by your side 
And when you lean into God as your guide, Sylvester Stallone, early on in life, he was a person of faith, but then he at some point took a different path. But now he's reconnected with the shepherd. And listen to how he describes his experience. He says, the more I go to church and the more I turn myself over to the process of believing in Jesus and listening to his word and having him guide my hand, I feel as though the pressure is off me now. The peace and joy that comes with having a good guide and you start to trust him more and more as you get to know his character and you get to know his nature. I heard about this one couple who, they had been married for 60 years, 60 years. And they're having a big party. And during the party, they get asked, well, what was the secret for staying together? And the husband said, well, before we got married, we agreed that if there were any major decisions, I would make them. And if there were any minor decisions, my wife would make them. And at this point, the wife spoke up and she said, and we haven't had to make one major decision for 60 years. Major decisions, minor decisions. Whenever we bring those decisions to God as our guide, he guides us. Notice this. He guides us down the path. He doesn't drive us down the path. He's chosen a path for you, but you have to choose the path he has chosen. But because we can trust him, he's a good guide. We can go even further. In fact, let me give you a pastoral nudge to go even further, to make a decision before you make a decision, that you trust him enough to make a decision in advance, wherever he takes you, wherever he leads you, you will follow. Because when you come with that kind of trusting heart, it opens the door to more clarity and understanding in your life. Jesus once said, anyone who wants to do the will of God will know whether my teaching is from God. Anyone who wants to do the will of God will know. St. Augustine put it this way. He said, understanding is the reward of faith. Therefore, do not seek to understand in order to believe, but believe that you may understand. When you have that kind of trusting heart, it brings more clarity to the guidance of the shepherd. And you can make that decision before the decision because you have a God who is a good God and takes you down a good path. Romans chapter 12 says this about his path. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you. And what is that will like? Which is good and pleasing and perfect. Good, pleasing, and perfect is the will of God.
you can trust him to take you down a good path. I had another experience with a guide. I once with some with some I want, once went with some buddies up to Alaska to go fishing. Now, whenever I go fishing, I don't do much catching. I may be the worst fisherman in the entire Bay Area. But one day on that trip, we had a guide. And so he took us on the Kenai River and he knew where to go. And he helped us to prep our gear, showed us how to use the line. And miracle of miracles, with a good guide by my side, I caught a fish. It was the biggest fish of the day. It was a 44-pound king salmon. Can you believe it? I caught a fish. Next time I tell the story, it will be an 88-pound king salmon. And when I took that salmon home, back home all the way to California, and I threw it on the grill, all I could say is taste and see that the guide is good. The Bible says, taste and see that God is good, that his path, you can trust him. It really is a good path. One of the greatest poets of our generation is a lady by the name of Maya Angelou. She received over 50 different doctorates, received the Presidential Medal of Freedom, I mean, she was just a rock star in her field, an inspiration to so many. I was reading an article where she was talking about an experience in her life, how when she was a teenager, she became pregnant. Now, that was a detour. That was something she wasn't planning. And sometimes we make decisions that take us down different paths. But now she had another decision to make because the father didn't want anything to do with the child. And now she faced the future of being a single teenage mom. And she had this decision, should she keep the baby or should she get rid of the baby? She made the courageous decision to keep the baby. It was a baby boy. And that baby boy brought her so much joy not only as a child, but as an adult, when she looks back on her moment, when she made that decision, she says this, I am telling you that the best decision I ever made was keeping that baby. Friend, if you find yourself on a detour today, just because you made a mistake doesn't mean you are a mistake. You matter to God, you matter to the good shepherd. And God can take every decision, even our bad ones, and he can bring beauty out of that brokenness. And if you bring that broken situation to him, he can help you to get back on the right path. What a good guide we serve. Oh, an amazing God who loves us and cares about us and offers to be our guide. So how can we lock into his voice even more and hear better? Jesus once said this, he was talking about himself as the good shepherd and his sheep. And he said, 
that the sheep hear the good shepherd's voice. He calls his own sheep by name. He knows your name. And he leads them out when he has brought out all his own. He goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. My sheep know my voice. Jesus says that over time, we can get to know his voice, the sound of his voice, the nature of his voice. How does it happen? Well, think about how you've learned other voices. For example, here's a voice you may recognize. I'll be back. That's of course, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And here's a voice you may recognize. We got top seven answers on the board. Name something a doctor might pull out of a person. That, of course, is the voice of Steve Harvey. And here's a voice you may recognize. Hello from the other side. That, of course, is the voice of Adele. Hello. How did we learn their voices? We knew their voice even before we saw their face. We had learned them through experience. And the same thing happens when it comes to the voice of the shepherd. Even though we don't see his face, we can still know his voice over time. The texture, the nature, the sound of his voice. We don't get it right every time. Uh, I heard about this one bank president. They had a new hire and the new hire asked the president about the secret of his, his, his success. And the president said, good decisions. And then he was asked, well, how do you make good decisions? And he said, through experience. And then he was asked, well, how do you get experience? And he said, bad decisions. And that's one of the ways we learn. We learn through our mistakes and we don't get it right every time. But, but the good shepherd is patient with us. Even if our hearing is kind of like this right up here, I saw this one picture where, well, it says, I said you need a hearing aid. Sometimes I'm like that. I could use a hearing aid when it comes to the voice of God. There was a boy in the Bible, he was like that. God spoke to him once, but he didn't know who it was. God spoke to him twice. He didn't know who it was. God spoke to him a third time and he didn't know who it was. But then the fourth time, when God spoke to him, he said, speak Lord for your servant is listening. And if we will take the same position of that boy, the little children shall lead them and say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. God will guide us. The main way he guides us is through the scripture. The Bible says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. He will guide us through the nudge of the spirit. Let us follow the Holy Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. He will guide us through wise counsel. In the multitude of counselors, there is safety. He will guide us through circumstances. A great door for effective work has opened to me. There are all kinds of ways God will guide us if we come to him with open hearts, open minds, and we say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. At the start of the year, my wife and I 
went on a walk. Now, when we're away for a few days, we like to go hiking and we were taking a hike on this trail that went up. That was the kind of trail that when you thought you got to the top, you turned the corner and you would see there was another hill to climb. So we were climbing this hill. Next time I tell the story, it will be a mountain. We were free climbing the uh, f- half dome <laughs> with, with no ropes or anything. I, you know, the fishing is rubbing off of me. I don't know what's happening. But we're climbing this hill and my wife stops and she's taking pictures. And then I turn the corner up in front of her a bit and I felt this very distinct nudge in my spirit that this year there's gonna be a new mountain to climb and you're gonna have to have extraordinary courage. I'm no great mystic. I was just out taking a walk with my wife. But God put a word in my heart in that moment. Can I prove to you that that was God speaking to me? No, I can't. But looking back, seeing the mountain that we have had to climb, even though I'm no great mystic, if you'll come before God and say, God, speak to me, I'm I'm ready to listen. God will find a way to guide you down the right path. In fact, I'm going to read a prayer to you. It was written by a Trappist monk named Thomas Merton. And I invite you as I read it to own it for yourself. Make it your prayer today. It goes like this. My Lord God, I have no idea where I'm going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end. Nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think I'm following your will does not mean that I actually am doing so. But I believe that the desire to love as Christ loved does in fact please you. And I hope I have that desire in all that I am doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire. And I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may know nothing about it. Therefore, I will trust you always. Though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death, I will not fear for you are ever with me and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. Amen. If you have never surrendered your life to the good guide, I invite you right now to receive him as your savior and your Lord. Say with me, Lord Jesus, I receive you as my savior. I make you Lord of my life. I put you in charge. I surrender my entire life and eternity to you. Thank you for loving me like you do and making me a part of your family. If you prayed that prayer, Well, you've made a connection with God through Jesus Christ. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. All heaven is rejoicing in this moment. Well, here's three things you can do. Right away, you can start to pray the Lord's Prayer. Jesus gave us a prayer to pray. Pray that prayer every day. You can read the Bible. Read 
the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they are the biographies of Jesus. And then finally, when churches do start to regather, make sure you find a good local church in your area. There's so many great churches in the Bay Area, and it's so very important to be plugged in, to be connected, because we all are part of this spiritual family. Again, I rejoice with you in the decision you made. And God, even now, is going to start being your guide. Receive it. Well, we're going to Nashville at this time for a special song by Grammy Award-winning artist and gospel singer, Mandisa. Hey, Cathedral of Faith family, I'm Mandisa. I'm coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee, where I live, but I want you to know that I am born and bred Cali girl, that I'm from right down the road in Sacramento, California, where my family still is. And so I hope that I can get to see you face to face really soon. But in the meantime, I just want to send you this reminder from 1 John 4, 4, that you dear children are from God and you have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world.
Thank you so much for allowing us to come into your home. If you'd like to see the full interview of Pat Gelsinger, you can go to the webpage and check it out. Next week on the program, we'll have special music from Grammy award-winning singer, Jamie Jones. He's a part of our cathedral family. Now here for the benediction is our friend, Pastor Tim Lundy. I'm Tim Lundy with Venture Christian Church. For our benediction today, I have chosen one of my favorites from scripture, Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever, amen. Let's go today recognizing we have a God who is able, no matter what we face, to do more than we can ask or imagine. Rest in his power, go in his peace, and to him be the glory forever. Yo, Cathedral of Faith family, what's up? It's The Wrap. Look around, we got Vaughn, Irene, we got our brother Sam, we got Aurora and Ramel. We are The Wrap crew this week. So great to have you here. Um, and as you are entering into this chat and this space, please use that chat and tell us what stuck out in that sermon to you. I think it's something's going to happen when you start typing it out and you're using your own words to kind of recite that. We're believing the, uh, that this, this time together we're learning we're grabbing stuff from one another and how we all hear and see. So, Brother Sam, man, what stuck out to you? Yeah, what stuck out to me was that last point that Pastor Ken gave. That for me, I, I always like to plan. I always like to know where we're going next. And it's not necessarily knowing per se, but it's more trusting that God is my source and my provider. And he's the author of my life. Yeah, yeah. So. I think for me, this is such a reminder for me, like to, to stress less is to really not to be controlling because I like to, you know, sometimes we can be stressful because we want to control the situation. So it's a reminding for me to like let go of the control and let God be God and then uh, trust more is worrying less and know that he is a good shepherd. And the last one is a... Uh, uh, to hear better for me is to really quiet my mind and be still and know that his will for, for me is good, his will is pleasing, and his will for me is perfect. Hey, was I the only one that caught that Hollywood quote? Man, I just, the fact that Rocky goes to church is, I mean, Yo, Adrian, <laughs> I, the will of God, um, Aurora, yeah, absolutely, from, from stressing less uh, to trusting more. I think we can all attest to stressing less, but once we stress less, we got to start to trust more. Uh, Pastor Ken brings light to the fact that uh, what we tend to do is not look for guidance, um, but we look for affirmation, for God to affirm our will rather than guide us towards his will. 
I think um, another thing that stood out to me was that fact that we're, we are like sheep. That's what he, he could use anything to describe us, but it was sheep and sheep have bad eyesight. And that is my starting place. I will, I will never be able to see well, and I need God to be able to see anything clearly. And so it just helped to realize like that next line that he said, make a decision to make a decision before you even get there. It'd be like, I have to trust him. I have no other way. And thank God that he's there for us to trust him. Talk about that decision, making a decision. Uh, what Pastor Ken said, make a decision before you make a decision so that when he says, um, go this way, that you will follow him. And so there's, there's a lot of different ways that they just jumped out at me. One is like in areas that are difficult or temptation. If you make a decision before you get to that part, it's easy to run like, no, this is where I'm going to go instead of deciding. But also like what you're going to do, well, I made a decision early on. God, wherever you call me, I will go. And so when we got the call to come to San Jose, I knew instantly I was going to come, even though it was a difficult process for me to leave home and to leave family. I already, it wasn't hard to make the decision because I'd already made that decision beforehand. I'm going to follow the Lord because if, yeah, there's no other way. Yeah, that's strong. Um, The one section that really stuck out to me was when he uh, referenced Maya Angelou and and how she she had that quote about... um, you can make a mistake, but that doesn't make you a mistake, you know, and um, man, how many of us can resonate with that truth? How about you online? Anybody uh, ever made a mistake? Um, And it's so easy, I think, that when we do make mistakes, especially the gravity of the mistake, whether, you know, some mistakes are, you know, an everyday thing, but some mistakes stop your life, you know, and and they, they alter the course of what you wanted or hoped it would be. And um, like this one that Maya Angelou went when she had a, a, a pregnancy early on. And so um, she made the choice to, to keep, keep the baby. And, and it turned out it, it was one of the best things that she ever did in terms of her joy and her identity. And how it just reminded me of how quickly I will transfer a label of failure onto myself by making a mistake. Like you make a mistake... Therefore, I am a mistake. And then just encouraging everyone out there, man, you're not a mistake. You, you make mistakes like us all, but we are not mistakes. And even how God, the picture of the new child in this, in this image, like it's the gospel, man. It's death and rebirth, death and rebirth, death and rebirth. Yeah, we made a mistake, but guess what? Something beautiful is coming out of the ashes. Something beautiful is coming up. Something beautiful is rising up. The gospel notion is is true yeah. uh, because Maya Angelou did exactly what Pastor Ken uh, preached on and what she did was she leaned on God she trusted yeah. in God to make the decision and when she did it turned out to be the best decision of her life mm-hmm. yeah. Sam you were sharing earlier about the voices and mm-hmm. something about hearing that voice and yeah. yeah the voice and and kind of what you were saying Pastor Vaughn like you could hear the inner voice of saying you are a mistake. You've done a mistake, and you are a mistake. But if we shift our, our ear just a little bit and trust that God is speaking to us, whether it's through his word, whether it's through fellowship, or whether it's through an amazing, amazing message that Pastor Ken gives, he's speaking to us so frequently. But it's up to us to hear that voice that you're not a mistake. Yes, you may have made a mistake, but you are not a mistake, and you are going to overcome this. So it's just a matter of understanding, okay, is that my voice or is that my God's voice? Amen. Amen.
Which brings us to our scripture that um, Pastor Ken said. This is one of Pastor Kenny's favorite scriptures, our founding father. So Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and depend not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. That is our word today. Let's hold on to that cathedral. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And please, before anyone heads out and you go grab some food or hanging out with a family or just doing whatever you like to do uh, today, we want to invite you to the After Wrap, which is coming up uh, at 1.15 uh, on Sunday. And we're, we're just excited about this. The, you know, there's, there's something that happens in the exchange. And uh, we need each other. We were talking about this earlier today, how we're wired and built for community. And I think when we think about that, that we need each other, sometimes it's, we only think about it the one way, is a, that I need you. Uh, but guess, um, you know, you need community as well. So it goes both ways. So please link into that and hold on to that. And man, we just, we love our Cathedral of Faith family. Stay strong. Lean not to your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all your ways. He'll direct your path. We love you. God bless you guys. It's a wrap. It's a boom. Impossible